Welcome to Hashtag Travel Talks. It's your podcast on the latest digital trends in travel and tourism marketing. And here's your host, Nolly Nicholas. Welcome to a new episode of Travelcast. And today I receive Eric Shepards. Welcome, Eric. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. Thank you for your time. And uh, can you present yourself? Sure. My name is Eric Shepard. I am the founder and CEO of Trill. We are a platform that monetizes travel tastemakers, photographers, publications, existing content, and helps drive bookings off of their content. And I contact you because you just attended the Asian 2021 uh, last uh, month. And uh, I was wondering, how was this event? Yeah, well, a huge fan of, of Gary V and, and VaynerMedia. And, and I think they put on a really excellent event for their first time. I think from a travel perspective, they were going after the wrong type of clientele that was attending the event. They were going after travel agents. In the, a lot of these agents are, are independent contractors, they don't have a budget of, you know, $800 or $1,000 to attend an event. They don't really have a budget for social media and influencers. I think they should have went after more on the corporate side of these travel agents instead of the independent contractors. So for the travel, the attendance wasn't amazing as some of the other ones in real estate and auto and some of the other industries. But I do have to say the panelists that they put together were an amazing group of, of people in the travel space. And that was really my favorite part, uh, just connecting with some of these familiar faces that, that I've seen and met with over the years and, uh, you know, or new faces that I was excited to, to connect with. So from that experience, it was really great. And uh, I think they, they got that feedback from, from the travel side. And I think they just have to adapt a little bit uh, on more of their, their target audience for the travel side. But other than that, it was, it was a very well-organized, well-put-together, uh, impressive event overall. And uh, I'm curious, um, how did you, let's say, find the idea of your startup? Sure, yeah, great question. I, I've always been an, an avid traveler. Uh, I love the, the travel space. I worked for a music and technology company for about eight years in the hospitality space. Uh, then I wore, helped the company get acquired, and then I joined another hospitality startup, more front-of-house CRM system. So I've always been working with hospitality companies for a long time. I had a travel uh, blog when I studied abroad. This was kind of before smartphones and Facebook was just kind of coming out, and I don't think Yelp or anything like that was around, but it was kind of what to do in, in each city and you know, for the people living there, the, the small things like, you know, where to get your laundry or where to get your computer fixed. And then obviously the best clubs and restaurants and best airlines to fly and things like that. It was, it was called the broad handbook. So always been in the travel space. Uh, my brother, who's a partner in the project, he's worked for hotels for about 15 years. So House, Thompson Hotel Group and Starwood and Marriott. So we both always loved the travel space and saw a problem uh, booking travel for us. We knew we wanted to go away skiing over, you know, February break or something. And we couldn't type in ski. We couldn't see where our network was going skiing and book off that. And, you know, I'd have to look at so many hotels in Colorado and in 
Vermont and all these different places. And, you know, it just wasn't structured the right way. And you look at Expedia and Priceline and their site looks the exact same in the last 18 years. They really haven't changed anything. Uh, and we got this whole vibe that everyone was going to Instagram to see all this great content, but it really wasn't structured again in the right way to book travel off of. So there's crazy stats out there that about 87% of millennials go to Instagram and social media for their uh travel discovery, but no one's connecting the dots and making that actionable and bookable. And then another light bulb hit, and I saw this whole movement of, of socially driven commerce. Mm-hmm. So companies like like to know it in the fashion space drove a billion dollars in retail sales off of their technology, off of Instagram content. So we're seeing that movement of people aren't reading magazines anymore to, to figure out what they want to do and reading reviews. They're seeing this great content and they're not going to TripAdvisor and writing a review. They're posting a picture on the beach in Bali and that's them showing that they recommend this experience. So we, we thought that we need to capture that content and structure it the right way and really build this dual sided marketplace to help the influencers, tastemakers, publications, drive them an additional revenue source off their existing content and then help the consumer really book travel through a different lens, not see hotel stock imagery, see real people's content, maybe that they follow, that they, uh, you know, aspire to be some of these celebrities or influencers or things like that uh, and be able to book off of their content that they're going to and really structure it in the right way. So that's really how the whole thing came together and, you know, a couple different light bulbs hit, uh, throughout the path, but, uh, you know, excited that we finally have a, a beta, uh, that we launched kind of to a closed group of tastemakers, uh, that we're testing right now. So it's exciting to kind of see it, you know, almost at fruition, a lot, a lot more work to be done, but, uh, excited to start seeing the traction already. And, uh, I was wondering, how do you, I would say, vet the influencer on your platform? So what we're looking for is a little untraditional. We're not looking at number of followers and things like that. We're looking at content. We're really just concerned about, you know, what type of content creator this is. It could be someone sitting next to me in my co-working space that has 500 followers, but travels a lot and has great content. Or it could be a travel influencer uh, that has 150,000 followers and great content. So we're really open-minded and, and more content-driven. Uh, but yeah, we're vetting them based on the quality of their content, based on how many cities and, and countries they've been to, uh, and really just you know what type of person they are and what type of reach and following that they have in their you know small network. So you are not looking, for example, for influencer who has a lot of, let's say, followers or the likes on their pictures and so on. Yeah, so we are. You know, once you're getting into these millions of followers, they have agents and they think they're the next celebrities, and you know, th- this should be a fit for them. But you know, they it's going to be harder for them to buy in now because they're getting constantly bombarded all day long. I'm more interested in the micro influencer, someone who has 25,000 followers to 150,000 followers. I think that's kind of my sweet spot. 
But uh, there's plenty of people that are that are kind of these everyday tastemakers, even a thousand, two thousand followers that have unbelievable content and do have a great reach in their small network and people trust them. So it's really finding those people as well. Okay. And so what do you think about the, I would say the trend of influential marketing? Because I heard from last year, it was more or less a trend, but what do you think about this year? Yeah, I think influencer marketing is definitely kind of at a peak and it's, it's very high right now. And, I think once you get to these million dollar, million follower people that are making all this money, it's not really feeling organic and it's feeling that they're kind of pushing this, you know, product or service or something in your face. And, and I think it's going to lose its authenticity soon. And that's why I'm kind of going after these everyday tastemakers, these smaller people that are just doing it organically. And they're posting at this cool hotel because they had a great experience there. They're not getting paid. Uh, these are called champion, you know, influencers or champions to the brands. I've been hearing that name thrown around. I think that's the future. I think influencer marketing is going to be kind of overdone and these people are not going to get the traction as much, these bigger, bigger people, because they're just constantly throwing stuff at people. So I think it's going to be interesting to see where the real value is from these bigger players versus these micro uh, influencers. And of course, there is some, I would say, advantages to use an influencer, but what can be the problematics by using someone like you don't know really well and in some ways they will represent the brands in their activities? Yeah, I think it's just more of an authentic piece. It's not, it's just an everyday person who is connecting with their network. They're not getting paid. And, you know, back to that point, I, I just think that it's more authentic to some of these people. And I think it's twofold. I think it's one that, you know, again, the authentic part, but the other part is their network. <laughs> so if it's not an influencer, but it's someone that you grew up with that, you know, uh, travels a lot and, and you trust their opinion, I think that's more valuable than 50 reviews on TripAdvisor or an influencer. So I think the network effect is really strong. And I think that is stronger than an influencer or a TripAdvisor review or, or anything like that. So we are integrating with Facebook to pull in the user's friend list to see where they've been and, and integrate that way as well on the consumer side. And also for your platform, I don't know if any brands can use your database or just only for, I would say, destination or office, tourist boards only. Yeah, so right now it makes sense for destinations and, and tourist boards and things like that. Uh, but we are looking for B2B partnerships, you know, all over the place. So we're having travel agents use our platform. So for them, uh, they some of the younger generation of travel agents are constantly posting their content on Instagram. But again, it's not really actionable enough and not structured in the right way. So they can have their own profile And instead of going to our booking platform, it's driving leads and bookings to them. So we're making these individual partnerships with different companies, also some specialty OTAs and alternative accommodation companies that I can't really mention now, but that we're talking to. Uh, so and we're taking their content and making it bookable so they can have a page either on their website 
They'll also be on Trill. So if you find, you know, if you're typing in Vegas and you see um, one of these properties that have exclusive rates or things like that, you'll be drive to their website on their booking uh, to drive revenue and, and leads for them. And they'll have that on their site to kind of book off of uh, what they're posting on Instagram. So we see that as, it's some unique B2B partnerships and, you know, everyone from hotels to specialty, you know, online travel agencies to alternative accommodations to travel agents to publications we see. Uh, you know, I give this example all the time. Condé Nast Traveler uh, had a 24-hour takeover of the island of Malta in April. I know nothing about Malta. It looked incredible from their content. And I was booking a trip to Europe and I ended up squeezing in Malta because of their content. I don't read the magazine, you know, subscribe to the magazine. I didn't go to their website. They got nothing from me, uh, but they should have. They should be monetizing that content. And these publications are always looking for other revenue streams. And they're not taking that content where they're getting the most views and most traction uh, and structuring it the right way. So we see a lot of B2B partnerships. Uh, we think we can help some of the credit card companies like an Amex or a Chase Sapphire and, and things like that. On, on the front end, their booking isn't that great. And someone like Amex isn't uh, winning the battle right now. I think Chase Sapphire and their program is, is a lot stronger and people aren't calling the back of their American Express card like they used to. Um, but for us, they have uh, all these Amex ambassadors and, and they're not structuring that content to make it bookable and their front end isn't as strong to kind of capture the millennial uh, generation to book off of. So we see a lot of B2B partnership opportunities and we're really focused on that right now as well because we think that could show a lot of traction for us. So do you think that influencer marketing, it's uh, another tool with social media and I would say traditional media as a main to communicate with their um, respective customer also? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. And, and we've seen that, you know, all this socially driven commerce is happening and, and digital is kind of, you know, word of mouth is the new word of mouth through digital. Uh, people are seeing this. You're not actually texting them or calling them about this experience, but they saw it uh, on Instagram or something and they want to emulate that experience. So yes, I, I don't think influencer marketing is going away anytime soon. I think it's working now for the most part. Uh, I, I think these bigger guys are going to really need to play the right game. So they're, they're still authentic. So they don't lose some of that. And again, I think the micro smaller everyday tastemakers make the most sense, but yes, I still see the brands kind of utilizing this and it's a hot trend right now. And, you know, I don't see it going away in the next you know year or two for sure. And as you're working into the travel industry, so what do you see as trend for this year? So some of the hot terms that, that constantly are going on, you know, AI, machine learning, a lot of local, you know, in, in infused topics. But, uh, you know, Google's been doing AI, machine learning for a long time. I think travel's a little late on that. Uh, I'm not that impressed with a lot of those technologies so far yet. I, I think blockchain is definitely a hot topic and I think that can really be a disruptor in the industry if it's executed right, you know, especially from like the GDS component, Sabre and, and Travelport and Amadeus and, and how old their technology is. And if a blockchain 
a company can come in and really execute that for them, I think that could really be the future uh, and the biggest kind of trend to, to be the future of travel. And what do you think about the trend of VR and AR also? Yeah, I think those are, are very interesting and, you know, make sense in travel. And, uh, but, you know, executing, it's very difficult. If I had to pick one, I think AR has a better chance. I, I just don't think everyone is going to buy these VR headsets and things like that. AR, uh, you can kind of utilize without, you know, some sort of headset and, and things like that. And I think, I think it will pick up and kind of give that experience of going to Bali or something and, you know, really making it actionable. I haven't seen one company that, that's blowing everyone away. And I think it's still a little early, but, you know, definitely watching. Uh, I think it can be successful in the travel space and, and be curious to watch uh, over the next few years. Uh, I was wondering also, what do you think why most of the brands are really shy to, let's say, to use all those new technology because they they fear of the the backfire or they just don't know how to use it for their uh, marketing or Yeah, I think a lot of these bigger companies, the people leading their marketing have been there for 25 years and they just don't understand the younger generation and, and there's a little bit of a gap there and, and working for these big companies, everything moves slow, nothing moves fast. And I think some of them are trying to have their own incubator programs or try to have some sort of startup relationship to, to have an ear to it. And, and I think that's great. I don't think enough companies are doing that. Uh, but I do think they need more young blood in, you know, more of the, the C-suite to really kind of help uh, manage the future. And, and I think they need, there's a big disconnect, especially in travel uh, and other industries as well. But I, I think they just need to start infusing young blood and, and getting involved in some of these startups and really having an ear to, to the ground of what's going on. And I think they could do a better job. And there's definitely some that, that are getting involved early, uh, but I think most of them aren't and, and need to improve it. <laughs> okay. So, Eric, uh, thank you for your time. So how they can reach you on our internet? Yeah, so right now you can go check out our website at www.trilltravel.co. You can apply to be a tastemaker there. Uh, our beta is closed right now, so we're not uh, opening it up to the public yet. You still have to apply and we'll review your content. But uh, you know, look forward to, to hearing from you. And if you have any questions, you can email me at eric, E-R-I-C, at trill, T-R-I-L-L, travel.co. And happy to answer any questions. So thank you for your time. And uh, I wish all the best for your startup. Thank you so much. And really appreciate you having me on today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.